In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own band, Helsink. With me, oh, by the way, what am I, the dog's bullocks, too? Whatever that is, I have no clue. Anyways, all the way for, across the pond, my co-host, the ghost the general himself, Mr. Richard Felix. Good evening, or good afternoon, how are you? So, what the heck is a dog's bollocks? Who t- Listen, where's that? That's very rude, actually. Where did- it <laughs> where's is. Where's that come from? Ronald, where's that come from? Um, Mr. Karen O'Keefe. Oh, really? Oh, I said, well, it, it tell you what, it's a good job Julia's not around at the moment. Otherwise, she'd tell you to wash your mouse up, mouth out with disinfectant. It's really? It's not, it's oh, not yeah. good. It's not good? Well, it's, 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 it's the dog's balls, basically. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, yeah, bollocks. Uh, bollocks is not that not a word that you have over in the US, US of A? Uh, n- not bollocks? really. <laughs> oh, well, you wait. You wait till Kieran comes home, and I'll I'll have a word with him about it. Oh, Who's please the dog do. Wait. Actually, I think we can blame Nori on that one. Oh, that's not a problem. <laughs> not a problem. <laughs> but what, what? What? Who is connected with the dog's bollocks? Me. You are. Yes. Well, that's a, it's a good... No, it's good. It's, it's a compliment. <laughs> Are you changing your tune on me? No, 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 no. no I never change my tune on you, my friend. But uh, no, uh, the dog's box, is, it, it means it's, that's something very good. Okay, uh, I'll accept that then. So you're okay. Everything's, everything's fine. Um, yeah, I only just made it on, on, on the show tonight because I've just had a new pig delivered. Oh, really? Yeah, honestly. A Vietnamese pot-bellied you... pig. You can't have enough pigs, you know what I'm saying? Well, we just worked out that we've actually got 25 different animals here at the farm now. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's frightening. Two alpacas, <laughs> three dogs, two cats, seven sheep, uh, two pigs, uh, you name it. They're all, they're all here, so it's, it's animal farm, I'm afraid. And no ghosts. So you say. No, oh, there's no ghosts here, mate, I promise you. Anyway, um, we actually got a neat show. I, I know we have Dr. Uh, Matthew Smith on, but um, Karen and, uh, is doing a lot of interesting stuff over here, and I know tonight he's got a uh, paranormal CSI, which I'm going to be attending. I'm dying to find out about that, because that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. So I, that, I need to know a little bit more about, has, has he explained to you what, what in fact, is going to happen? Because I'm quite interested. 
No, I, I will actually, uh, I know I printed out some stuff from with maps and case files and stuff, so it looks pretty interesting. Uh, anyways, um, yeah, that's going to be tonight, so I'm gonna, I'll, I'll report back, but I, I'm definitely taking it because I want to see what uh, it's all about. It sounds really interesting. And then yeah, on um, Saturday, we have uh, the ghost hunt at the Hooten Mansion, so that's also cool. That place rocks. Yeah, I've not been there. Yeah, I know. It was one of the things I wanted to uh, get you to last year. Was wasn't able to. Uh, we ended up going to Gettysburg instead. But uh, indeed, we did. Uh, didn't we just? That's the way the cookie crumbles, right? Absolutely right. Yeah. So, anyways, um, what, what have you been up to? I know last week we had a little bit of problem with you because you were uh, somewhere you in the basement me. somewhere. I was in a haunted, uh, very, very interesting place, actually, a place called the Wig and Pen. I really, obviously, with, with the way things were going, we didn't, didn't really get a chance to do much while I, was, while I was in the cellar, which was a shame, because I swear to you, this is, this is you, know, you know me, I'm not the sort of person that, I don't make silly stories up about ghosts and all that sort of thing. If it happens, it happens. Something, someone, there's no doubt about it, tapped me on the right shoulder while I was down in that cellar. I turned around because I obviously thought that, because I'd actually got the landlord, on standby, a guy called Richard, funnily enough, who'd, who'd taken the pub over not that long ago. And various things had happened to him. Things have happened to him in the cellar. And I said to him, you know, obviously we're doing the show, you know, uh, live like, from, from your, your pub sort of thing. Um, would, would you be able to come and speak to us? He said, yeah, of course I will. You know, just, just let me know when you want me. Uh, and I genuinely thought he'd come down and, mm -hmm. to tap, and tap me on the shoulder to, to, to say, you know, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here when you're ready. But there was nobody there. Mm. So I can put that down to my fifth um, poss possible paranormal experience, if you like, because it mm. wasn't muscle reflex. It was a definite. It was a definite tap of a hand or fingers on my right shoulder. Really? So, yeah, and you heard, and it happened on Toginet, uh, Ghost Chronicles Live, didn't it? Where's video? Videos where we need it. Well, that's the next stage, don't you think? I think so. I think we ought to do this show live on video. I would love to, especially um, especially if we sort of you know do more of the uh, um, on location uh, type shows that we've been you know we've done one or two. Or like last week, for instance, I was there uh, to be able to show you around, let you have a look around, um, seeing the set place where we are. It would be good, Rob. It would be very good. And, and one other thing I do want to mention is that uh, yeah, uh, we I actually in brought out this uh, invention called the Cone of Silence, and I wore it during uh, one of uh, the Dining with the Deads, which was interesting. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think there's a couple of pictures on uh, Facebook of it, but uh, once you've seen it, uh, I guess you'll leave you speechless. <laughs> well, that's what a Cone of Silence is supposed to do, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, anyways, why don't we bring on our guest? He is... Uh, a good friend of yours, I believe. I'll let you do the introduction. It is an extremely good friend of mine, uh, no less than Dr. Matthew Smith. Hello, Matthew. Yay! Are you there? I am here. Good He's evening. There. Good afternoon. How are you? I am fine. How are you? I'm extremely well, thank you. How's that young lady of yours, that little girl of yours, Freya? Uh, Freya, she's doing very well. She's being kept at arm's length in another room. Well, oh, really? Arm's length. Uh, she is watching um, a DVD downstairs, yes. It wouldn't be able to call it. No, it's um, actually uh, Cars, or as she calls it, Car and Car. Car and Car, I yes. think. Uh, uh, she's in some of the Disney Pixar type uh, movies, which is a good thing. 
Ron, when you when you when you when you eventually get over here to England, um, you 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 obviously meet Matthew when you're here, but you must meet Freya because she's the most wonderful little girl I think I've ever ever seen in the whole of my life. She's uh, she's an absolute That's gem. Very, very kind. Uh, it's true. It's true. true. Janet and she was very premature, wasn't she? Janet loves kids. You know that. So I mean, she will I absolutely know. go nuts. <laughs> but wait, you just wait. So Matthew, I, we need to know because we were you see we've been talking about you for the last. Uh, week or two on the show uh, and then ron and i conspired we said you know it's time we got this guy back because we want to know how you're getting on and we, yes. need, to, we need to explain first what for those that don't what, know. yeah getting on doing what shall i explain a little yes, bit do. um so the idea is that as you know richard i would probably describe myself as broadly falling within the kind of skeptical boundaries of things when we talk about the paranormal and i'm open-minded um i've researched parapsychology and various aspects of paranormal phenomena for a number of years but i've always been fairly skeptical and and as a psychologist familiar with ways in which we can explain some of these things quite normally but i've always been fascinated with the possibility that maybe just maybe psychic phenomena could be real so with this particular project i set myself a task to see if i could learn to become psychic and it isn't kind of a gimmick it's not me trying to sort of see if i can fake it although that's something i'm interested in as well but it really is a genuine attempt to see if somebody who comes from a more skeptical background can can that kind of person develop or learn to become psychic uh, with the ultimate aim to put myself forward for james randy's million dollar challenge so as many people will know James Randi, or more accurately, the James Randi Educational Foundation, JREF, which he represents, they offer a million dollars to anybody who can demonstrate genuine paranormal abilities. And nobody's ever won it. So the idea is that could I get to the point where I think that I could demonstrate something sufficiently to actually go for that challenge. So that's, that's the target I'm setting myself. Um, so, yes, yeah, a few months ago when we first spoke about it, so... Um, and unfortunately, they are they're revamping the, the challenge. There was talk just over a year ago that they were going to withdraw the challenge. And in fact, that was part of the trigger to doing this, doing this project, is that maybe I could learn within that year and go for it before the challenge was withdrawn. Luckily, they decided not to withdraw it because I still feel pretty unpsychic. Uh, but I am. I feel as though I am kind of developing in some ways. I'm. I'm. I'm I've over the last few weeks, I've tried to take any opportunity that I can to give um, psychic readings, usually using tarot cards or um, psychometry, which is when you hold on to an object that owned owned by somebody, and see if I can just give any kind of readings which seem to be accurate and ideally specific. Um, and at times, I have seemingly done something which is not I mean, it could easily be chance it could be that i'm saying things which could apply to a lot of people which is what a lot of psychics do um but it's given me enough encouragement to think that maybe there's something worth working on here wow i mean when you say a year, i mean there's so much you know i don't know that we've got enough time in, in in an hour um but i mean number one you said a year was that year purely and simply because that's how long it was going to be before the before the challenge was withdrawn yeah, I mean, at the time, it was, it was about February or March of last year yeah. when I read that the challenge was going to be withdrawn in March of this year. I so see. I thought, well, there you go, you've got one year left. That gives it a nice, as they call it, a narrative arc 
a deadline by which you'd have to do it by. So that seemed like a good idea at the time. Because yeah. these things take time to get going and you um and ah over it and you don't really kind of move as quickly as you'd like. Unfortunately, anyway, quite independently, I imagine, of course it is quite independently, that the JREF decided to not withdraw the challenge, but actually to kind of change the rules a little bit and try to revamp it and make it more transparent and so on. So in fact, this kind of is quite a timely project to say, okay, then, well, if I want to make this more accessible, more open, you know, I want to see if I can actually put myself forward for that challenge, assuming that I get to a point that I think it's actually worth it. You know, there's no point in me doing it and saying, oh, well, I'll go for the challenge if I don't actually think I'm, a, I'm, I'm psychic or can do something that might be um, worth <laughs> taking up other people's time to, to put forward some kind of tests. And I think at least I'm, I'm in a fairly unique position compared to, I was going to say other psychics, which suggests that I'm, I'm a psychic, but people who would normally go for the challenge is that they don't normally have backgrounds within science or psychology or particularly parapsychology. Um, and at least my background in that area should put me in a quite a good position to think, well, what would count as evidence? What is the kind of thing that could possibly de- de- be demonstrated according to the rules of the Million Dollar Challenge. And I think a lot of psychics don't have that background, so they probably wouldn't realise the kind of things you need to do to pass a challenge like that. Mm, gosh. I mean, well, I, I mean no, num- number one, I mean, obviously for me, um, the sort of proof that I would need would be for you for you to come along and, and, and I don't know, tell me something that... that <laughs> I am only I knew. You know what I mean? Some, something that was special, that was a I don't know a a, a nickname or, or or something or an, or an incident that happened between, say, me and my dead father uh, while he was alive. That, yeah. That- well, well. Also, you've got. I mean, I mean, actually, I find though that whenever I meet psychics and mediums who do, you know, I've met before and, and and they know a bit about me, I probably find myself more and more that I wouldn't be that impressed if somebody who I know, even just a little bit, tries and it gives me a reading because. You think, well, there's so many different ways in which you could get information about me um, or, you know, people that might have mentioned something to you and you've picked up consciously or unconsciously and so on. But also what you're talking about there as well is, is, is it kind of draws the distinction between the notion of being, in quotes, psychic and a medium. Mm. And even though, particularly when you talk to mediums, they will say, I think one of the phrases they often say is, um, all mediums are psychic but not all psychics are necessarily mediums. And even though the kind of project which we're calling is Million Dollar Psychic, I am very interested in the whole notion of mediumship. Some of the people that I've talked to and you know, doing some work with would describe themselves as mediums. And again, you, know, you, you can read books. There are development circles. You know, it is, people say this is something you can develop. I mean, some people say you're either born a medium or you're not, but others say, no, we, you know, we, you can tap into some kind of ability. And I've had people say to me, supposedly, I have mediumistic ability. Whether or not psychics really? and mediums say that to all really? people, I don't know. Ooh. Yeah, so, so maybe, you know, it's just a case of devoting the time to it, opening yourself up to the possibility of it, and giving it a shot. And that's what I'm trying to do with this project, is genuinely seeing if, can I essentially challenge my preconceptions and my beliefs and can i learn to do something which at the moment i would regard as fairly you know unlikely and impossible but who knows i I really want to find out so i'm giving it my all to see if it's something i can develop but you see what a lot of people don't don't understand is the the implications of what you've actually because you i mean you've actually given up your job at, at, at hope university 
in in Liverpool in England um, to devote your time to to this. I mean, you you've actually put everything on the line, haven't you? <laughs> um, yeah, pretty much. And it's the more and more I think about it, the more and more I think it was a bit of a bizarre thing to do, and possibly not the best idea. But there's no necessary need to pack in my job to do it. I think there's a lot of things going on that made me realise that I wasn't. Um, comfortable doing the job that I was doing anymore and particularly if I wanted to kind of pursue this project wholeheartedly it's quite hard to do that when you are a full-time academic at a university and the expectation is that you're doing research in fact this particular project is it is a research project it's actually a very different style of research project than I would have ever done before and it really is pushing me completely out of my comfort zone because normally I would be doing uh, experiments on other people or testing ideas where genuinely you, you're generally you collect data from other people, whereas this really is turning tables and you're treating yourself really as your test subject and saying, okay, then can I learn to do this? Interestingly, I read more and more about something called autoethnography, which actually is a kind of a research method that particularly anthropologists, sociologists use to study their own experience. So maybe there's still kind of some academic inside of me trying to make it um you know a respectable study but in fact it's also something where i'm just keen to find out for myself is this something that i can do is this stuff possible tell me tell me i mean there's so much here what you've done is is extremely brave um there's no getting away from it to, to actually you know check in the lot uh, live on the parish almost and 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 you know try and try and do this it, has anyone taken an interest in what you're doing because at the end of the day this is this nobody is a, at all nobody but we we've we've kind of um, produced a little um what's called a taster tape because obviously you know rachel and my partner and i both you know have this interest in uh, media production and rachel works has worked many years in television so it is something we are you know looking to explore and in fact, in terms of the kind of interest that we've started to attract, actually we've tried to kind of seek really, is through things like this, through the internet. It's, we've, you know, I've actually in the past been, um, I've not liked things like Facebook. I'd never used Facebook until a few months ago. Um, and then someone suggested, you know what, with a project like this, you should set up a Facebook page and kind of get people to, to show an interest or see if people are interested in this stuff, you know, they'll, they'll sign up to the page and you can start to discuss the project that you're doing. We did that about a month ago. I've already got a few hundred people signing up, and it's fantastic because I get a lot from reading other people's thoughts and comments about things that they think I should be doing. So, for example, one thing that's already developed is um, typically on a Tuesday, as it turns out, I give psychic readings. I give tarot readings. If you've got tarot cards at home, you shuffle the cards, pick out some cards, usually a three-card spread or more cards or whatever it might be, and I'll do my best to give an interpretation of those cards, either based on essentially the meanings in a book, which I've tried to learn, but also now people are advising me is that, well, that's one thing to learn the basic meanings that the cards are supposed to have. And another thing is to use them intuitively. You know, have a look at them and see what thoughts and ideas come to mind and build a reading along that, those lines. And in that context, you start to practice and learn and find that it's, it's I find it quite interesting just building a little story around these cards and what i find from time to time is that the people who i give readings to people I, I don't know people you know all i know often is their name from the facebook page or something like that um is they say well that, that was pretty spot on sometimes i get it completely wrong but sometimes you say that's really good 
And you think, okay, is it that I'm just saying things that could apply to a lot of people, which is probably true? Um, is it that I am tapping into some kind of intuitive ability? I just don't know. Which is why I'm wanting to try it more and more to see, do I develop? Do I become better at it? Do I, you know, is it because I am tapping into something that we might call psychic? Is something else going on? So, you know, if people want to kind of sign up to that page, basically, if you go onto Facebook, if you are a Facebook user, um, and look for Million Dollar Psychic, which is the kind of title we give them the project, and you can find lots of comments on there. Um, there's a couple of little video clips people can watch. If you've got a tarot deck, post a spread. If it's a Tuesday, and I'll give a reading. And, we're, and lots of things, we're developing lots of ideas like that. So that's kind of one thing that we're doing and we're getting a lot of interest from. Wow. Huh. I tell you, it's fantastic. What do you think, Ron? I think it's pretty interesting. I so think we should I. tie into this uh, uh, on a monthly basis, uh, uh, Richard. What do you think? I thought it's a super idea, yeah, on a Tuesday night. <laughs> do live psychic readings on the internet. Is that Why like- not? Why it's, not? It's, it's, I mean, it's also just it's great. I and mean, what I'd like to have, what I'm hoping for is, because is, one thing I, before doing the kind of tarot reading, um, is the idea of psychometry. Yes. Which, again, as I say, is when you, someone gives you an object, usually a ring or a piece of jewellery, and you supposedly give a reading based on that item. And so the theory goes, according to some people, is it's something being given off by the item itself. I'm not, I mean, my, my kind of worldview doesn't, buy, doesn't, at this stage, doesn't necessarily believe that they're not an item of jewellery can hold those kinds of pieces of information. I could be wrong. I'm, I'm happy to be proved otherwise. But if there's something interesting going on, it may still be something psychological. So I'm still trying to find a way if there's something that can be done with psychometry over the Internet. Because at the moment, I'd love to have opportunities to try lots of psychometry, but people can't really give me objects over the Internet. They could post photographs of them. And I'm not sure if that's something which, you know, others would be, would be think would be worthwhile. So, again, that's Actually, where Facebook is that. quite good to suggest. Matthew. Say that again, Ron? You can do that. Okay. If Tell someone me more. Were, if someone to post a particular item on a page, right, you could actually uh, get a reading from that item over the Internet without touching it. You can okay. do that so, several so, ways. From One so, is just strictly... Uh, tuning into it. The other way is using a pendulum and dowsing uh, and getting your answers from that way. Uh, so that suggests then with psychometry, if there is something to psychometry, and, it, and yep. for some of us it's a big if, but if you know we're, we're, we're going to entertain the possibility, if there is, you don't necessarily need to hold the item itself then. A picture of it would, would do, is what you're suggesting. Well, it depends what you believe psychometry is. I mean, if you believe yeah. that an item retains energy, uh, then there's no reason you shouldn't be able to read that item from anywhere, really, as long as you could, uh, you know, concentrate on it, basically. I think, okay. I think, Ron's, I think Ron is right, because basically, uh, when, when Ron just also mentioned a, a dowsing pendulum, and of course, Uri Geller... Uh, as we all know, you know the spoon bending person uh, uh, also made made a, a phenomenal. Well, I believe made a lot of money out of um, finding oil for people by dowsing for it. But of course, the thing is, uh, I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, Ron, but or, or Matthew, but he actually didn't go to the oil field or to the area where the oil was. He did it purely and simply with a map, right, and, and doused over the map. You can do map dowsing. We actually have a question. Uh, I don't. I don't want to 
let it go too far because I'll forget it. Uh, this is uh, from Matthew. He says, so the Crowley deck is based on the Kabbalistic symbols. Does he know of anyone who reads it that way? I just find them better than better as an intuitive tool. Um, my honest answer I have no idea. I think if it's the Crowley deck from someone recently showing me what it is, that what's called the Thoth deck or something like that. I mean, and again, I very, have a very limited understanding of, of, of tarot cards. I particularly have a deck called the Golden Tarot, which mm-hmm. some folks on the Facebook page have said, well, it's not, it's not particularly great for doing intuitive readings because it, some of the pictures aren't that um, imaginative or emotive when it talks about some of the, the different uh, cards. Um, but there are so many different types of decks and again you know some would say because they're drawing into certain basic archetypes i i know so little about alistair crowley and many decks he might have used i don't know how people use them i'm sure that there are probably people use them in as many different ways as there are different decks what i find interesting in terms of potentially using that as a tool to develop ones in quotes psychic abilities is that people suggest don't necessarily go with the the, the meanings which are ascribed to them you know by a book or by other people is use them as a tool, as a way of developing and getting in touch, as it were, with your own intuition. Um, so that's what I'm, you know, trying to get in the habit of doing that. And others have suggested even you can make your own cards. It's by you doing doodles Absolutely. and pictures on cards. Uh, yeah, so these, these are all these things I've been learning. I was doing it, and this is why it's great doing, having this Facebook page. I wish I had done it a year ago because it just attracts people who are interested in this stuff and have so much to teach. Um, and I mean, you know, that, other people who want to learn as well. Matthew, that's like runes. I mean, you can make your own runes the same way. If, if you read runes, you, do, you don't really have to buy runes. You can just take stones or whatever, pieces of plastic, pieces of buttons, whatever, and make your own symbols on them, and you can read them. Uh, you, you can make them up yourself, otherwise you don't have to buy them. So, so is the idea then, Ron, would you think that this case, it doesn't really matter what you use, it's just a way of trying to get the mind to think in a certain way. It's just exactly. to allow you to... It's tuning in, uh, basically. To, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm no psychic. I, I mean, I call myself a dumb psychic now because uh, I, I, I know things, but um, it's not like I try it or anything. But, yes, I can do a card. I mean, I have a, a Elizabeth Foley, who is a, an angel specialist here in the United States. She gave me a fairy deck of cards, and I've done readings over the year fairly, fairly accurately is what I understand. I mean, that's... But the, the cards, I have absolutely, I, I don't read the cards. I don't know what the symbols mean. I don't know anything about the cards at all. But I still do the readings using the cards because it, they become a focal point. Uh-huh. Well, that's what I'm finding. And also, it's just using, again, like the psychometry, maybe that's what's happening there. It's, it's trying to encourage, this is where kind of me as a psychologist coming in, thinking, yeah, even some of the experiments which I would have conducted in the past using something called the Gansfeld procedure, which is a method used for experimental testing of ESP is essentially still trying to encourage people to get into a an almost dreamlike, non-analytical frame of mind where you just say what comes into your head. And that's actually quite difficult when you're normally used to, you know, relying on rational ideas to actually decide what you're going to say next. Right. I'm just saying, I happen to be thinking of this, so I'm going to say it out loud and see if it happens to be true or not. Um, and, and when I gave a talk up in Liverpool a few months ago, and I was telling people, this is what psychics seem to say they do, and I'm interested in trying to, try, try to explore this. Someone suggested, and I thought it was quite interesting, saying, well, you mean that psychics have zero quality control? 
which sounded quite like a bit of a kind of cynical, sceptical way of putting it, but you know, it's maybe. Um, well, you have to hold that thought because we have to of... take a break right now. You are listening to okay. Ghost Chronicles International with Richard Felix and Ron Kolick, and we'll be right back after the following messages. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parrax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parrax family. They're strange. Deranged. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Bear X family. We are back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Richard Felix and Ron Kolick on TojiNet Parrax Ghost Channel Beyond. And our very special guest today is Dr. Matthew Smith. If anybody wants to call in, the number is 877-864-4869. That's 877-864-4869. Or you can join us live in either the TojiNet or the Pararex chat room. And uh, one thing I, I do want to bring up is, uh, well, Karen, we'll go back to that in, in a second, but when Karen did the Dining with the Dead last night, we talked a little bit about... Um, the stone tape theory and also the the water, uh, whatever that is, Richie, what is it? Sorry, say that again. Stone tape theory and what? The water one. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and silica. Um, right, okay. So the, the idea you know, of that was that uh, those materials uh, retain energy and therefore uh, they may be some of the reasons for ghosts, but all, all material um, may... Uh, retain energy to some degree, and for instance, pottery from Roman times, etc., etc. And it may be yes. that a psychic is tuning in to this same uh, energy that's been retained. So, in other words, maybe the frequencies are almost in sync. So that's why a psychic can read on certain things. Uh, that's just one of the theories we were looking at. Yeah, and also the, the, even down to the ordinary person, the ordinary lay person, that that possibly doesn't have um, any psychic ability or doesn't know they have any psychic abilities, but all of a sudden, for some reason, uh, the frequencies in their brain or their mind or whatever in their computer in their head, those frequencies change, and they just happen to see that image that's, that's, that's held in the fabric of the building that's playing right. all of the time. A bit like, um, I don't know, a, channel, a radio channel. You know, all of a sudden, for some reason, another channel breaks in to the, to the one that you were listening to. Which I think is is is, is highly likely. Um, and funnily enough, when you mentioned the Roman pottery, um, ro- pottery, of course, as we all, well, people probably don't realise, is made of silica, uh, and a lot of Roman pottery was uh, is um, it's called Samian ware, which is red. Uh, it looks like terracotta, and the reason it's red is because of the amount of iron oxide that's in it, which of course is rust, which is magnetic. Uh, you know, positives and negatives, all all possible, I think. But going back to very quick to Matthew and this, I, I think we've got. So I think we should start doing this on a monthly basis uh, on the show. If if that's what Ron Ron's 
uh, in agreement with, because as I've said, um, if you can douse for oil by reading a map, by holding it, then I see no reason why, why Matthew couldn't do um, either psychic readings or, or certainly um, tarot cards and psychometry or, or even, or over even, the air. Or even dowsing. I mean, it's something I actually even looked at yet is dowsing, and that's something I'll, that might be worth exploring as well. I mean, as I say, I the kind of... The backdrop, the backdrop of the project is, one, is that I'm just wanting to explore all these different things to see whether or not I can do any of it. And secondly is, you know, the, 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 the end point really is that this challenge, you know, and it's, it's an opportunity to really explore what that challenge is. Many people think the Million Dollar Challenge is itself something that doesn't really exist. The Million Dollars isn't, isn't really there. But there are a range of different things that it can be used to test for. And basically it's asking for people who any kind of in quotes paranormal abilities and and dowsing could be one of them so if there's something there that that would you know qualify as, as um something that could be put forward for the challenge and that's something i'm willing to try so uh, i'm not sure how how it would work on radio whether how it would be compelling listening but uh it's something oh, I'm don't worry i can talk over it Okay. <laughs> uh, but interesting, you I know, we'll be we working really on a police, police case and, and we're, we are looking it's a 30 year old case and basically looking for a body, and, and one of the things we did is we did map dowsing to try to find it, and uh, we believe we have the location, but, but it's been done many times. I mean, uh, map dowsing is not uncommon. No, exactly. I've, I've seen people do it before, and, you know, I, in fact, I have a memory of um, many years ago when you know, James Randi himself was presenting a television show over here in the UK called James Randi's Psychic Investigator. We're now talking, that's probably now almost 20 years ago. Um, and that was, uh, had lots of people on there that were going forward and basically being tested by, by Randi himself. And at least on one occasion, there was a map dowser there who, not surprisingly on the show, didn't do too well at all. Um, but, you know, again, it's obviously something which, Randy and more broadly the, the James Randy Educational Foundation are quite happy to test those kinds of claims. So I, I'm quite keen to look into that. And it's something I've not really tried before. Um, I'm familiar with the psychological explanations of if you're holding, you know, if you are just holding a, a pendulum and you imagine it going one way, it will go one way, the way you're thinking about. Right. If you change your mind and you say, no, now we'll go the way, it will change because, of course, you have these very small movements which you can't really counter and you find that just what you're thinking about will be reflected in the pendulum swing. Of okay, course, that we, shouldn't explain, you know, dowsing if you are blind to wherever the target might be. The, the, the thing with that is, too, okay, is, is Karen talked to, we, we were talking once again a little bit about that. Karen will keep the parapsychologist, and, of course, he's a bit of a skeptic. And he was saying, yeah, dowsing is, is certain muscles will, well, if that is his premise, I want to know what muscles are doing this. I mean, he couldn't tell me that. Uh, if someone was really uh, serious about uh, to look into the scientific aspects of dowsing, then they certainly could connect different uh, electrodes to the, the arm and find out exactly what muscles, what nerves are, are involved in it. And if there is any physical, now I'm said physical manipulation of the pendulum, there may be uh, PK, uh, yeah, PK, but not necessarily physical. This is a way to rule out physical manipulation yeah well i think in terms of the, the actual pendulum moving itself i think it's very likely to be a combination of probably a whole range and a whole host of m tiny muscle movements that means you get the final movement but what would be interesting and what's interesting with dowsing if you know if it really can can be demonstrated is if the person holding the pendulum is blind to 
say, the location of a target, mm-hmm. and using a pendulum, you can doubt where that target is, and, and you don't know where it is consciously, then, then that's not an explanation for saying, well, that's what it is, it's the movement. It may well be, like everything else we've spoken about, the pendulum acts as some kind of focus for some kind of psychic ability, if it exists. So it could be another one of these many tools that people use to access the same underlying ability. Um, so maybe it's not due to concern of whether or not it's affecting the muscles. It's actually whether or not can it be used to access information which a person shouldn't normally have access to. Correct. Absolutely. Including um, that, I mean, Dowsers, and we're going back hundreds and hundreds of years that, you know, they, they used to use the old uh, hazel twig, um, rowan twig, that sort of stuff, and find precious metals, um, water, again, oil. Um, you, you think of it, and, and archaeologists use it now um, to plot out the, the um, foundations of ancient buildings that are under the ground. But they don't know where they are. Um, and that is definitely nothing to do with, yeah, muscles may be moved, but they're being moved by the brain for a particular reason. Agreed. So, you know, who knows? So, I mean, I've taught myself to douse, as, as Ron saw, you know, when I was with you last year. Um, and I believe, I believe there's something, every time I do it in front of a group of people, I always think, oh, my God, supposing it doesn't work tonight, am I going to look a fool? But it always works for me. We actually, have a question. We have a, actually have a question for Matthew in the uh, TojiNet chat room from Ioni. Uh, she says, uh, have you investigated the concept of absent healing? Sort of like, I think, what the Edgar Casey thing, or basically any of the absent uh, healers. Um, it's not something I've tried yet. Um, in terms of when, when, you know, going along to things like development circles, people will talk about healing and spiritual healing, and often the people will talk if they want to develop. I'd say as a medium, they might feel as though, well, they're more of a healer. Um, I think a lot of the time there, it's not necessarily absent healing, which I guess is the same as distant healing. Um, again, you know, this is something which intrigues me. I'm familiar with experimental research on what used to be called BioPK, which is biopsychokinesis, and then became referred to as something called direct mental interactions between living systems, which sounds like a bit of a mouthful, so it was often abbreviated to DMILS which essentially was the experimental research looking at the possibility that human intention could actually influence somebody else's physiology at a distance. And there is experiments, some of which demonstrate that could be possible, others of which not so clear, so it's being debated. Um, but I guess if there is something going on there, then that's might be what we're seeing if, if, if things like absent healing and distant healing is, um, is possible. Again, the back of my mind is always can it be something which you could develop a test or an experiment for that could possibly meet the criteria for the million dollar challenge? And if it is, then it's, 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 it's fair game. It's something I want to look into. And if people think it's something that you can learn to do, then I'm up for trying it. Which makes mm. absolutely sense. But yeah, I mean, we understand that, that people can read anything. For instance, if you look at uh, coffee grounds, tea leaves, uh, dinner plates, people read dinner plates. So, uh, dinner plates? Yeah, dinner sure. plates. As in, as in what, what, when the food's left on it or something like that? Or clean yep. plates? What? Absolutely. But, but again, is, so, which makes you think, of course, that, I mean, the sceptic inside me, the cynic inside me, say, yeah, so what? You're just basically blagging it no matter what's put in front of you. Or is it a case that you're just, you know, the, I suppose the idea of all these things is nothing is random. That, that when you look at these kinds of things, like coffee beans or whatever, 
an apparently random pattern isn't actually random. There is some meaning to it. Is that what the theory is behind this kind of stuff? Yeah, sort of, right. The, um, I mean, it, it's just like anything. I mean, well, for instance, if, if you take a, uh, a standard deck of uh, tarot cards and you turn the card, the, uh, the death card, for instance, uh, the hangman, excuse me, the hangman, and uh, you turn that over for someone and you give them a reading, and then you have the next person, you turn over the same card, you give them a reading. Is it the same reading? No, it's absolutely different. So, yeah, so in which same, case, but that would be the, the case then picture. if you're using them intuit intuitively then. Because, of course, according to a book, or even a set of books, there is a basic kind of meaning given to that card. And you, in a reading, you might vary it slightly. But I guess what you're saying is there you're using them more intuitively and giving a reading which is specific to this particular person. Right, exactly. For instance, I know that Maureen uses, uh, I can't think of the name of the deck of cards, but the cards are very busy. There's a lot of objects on it. I mean, it's a standard deck, but there's a lot of objects on it. And when you turn the card over for one person or turn the card over for another person, it's certain objects in that card that jump out at you. So this is the meaning okay. it's coming from. It's the same card, yet they're seeing different pieces of that card. Yeah, I can understand that. And that's I think, one of the problems I think I have in my, my current deck of tarot cards is that many, many of the cards that are from what's called the, the minor arcana, is that the, the term? So like I'm looking at one now, the three of wands, it just has three wands on it, whereas some tarot decks will have a picture behind that and there's things you can pay attention to different parts of the picture. So I think I'm going to need to actually invest in some different kinds of cards, or possibly more likely is make my own. Which, given that I, I, I don't, haven't got a job at the moment, then maybe I do actually need to find ways of economising. So probably making my own is probably the better idea. Because at the end of the day, Matthew, they're, they're only, in my opinion, they're only a tool um, to, to help you with what's going on in your mind. Exactly the same as uh, um, things, obviously, table tilting, uh, using a glass on a table, uh, a, a Ouija board. You know, you see, I'm a great believer that, that any item that moves... Um, you can influence it. And I actually say, you know, I, I see no reason why, why a group of people couldn't sort of put, all put their fingers on a Dyson vacuum cleaner and get it to move around the floor. It, it's, just, it's, it's all down to what's going on in your mind and whether you have the ability to do it or not, I think. Uh, I think it's a shame maybe then that, um, Richard, that Most Haunted has actually now finished because that could have been on the next series. Using the Dyson <laughs> vacuum cleaner. It really would have been. Quite sensational, but I genuinely believe... Or oh, is this an idea for you for a TV show for yourself? I am working on it, my friend. There's not for your sponsor. Yeah. Oh, Dyson's... Would, that, what a good idea. But no, I believe that... Because yeah, I've seen back massagers uh, move... I mean, the, the guys that I have, uh, you know, the, uh, Derby Jail, uh, Chris and Ellen, who've been on the show a couple of times, Ron, as you know, they, they, they actually make... Just like Matthew's talking about, they make their own equipment. Um... That, that, that blows people's minds away when, when they start, these things start moving around the table because it's the energies from the people. It's the energies, it's what's going on in the, in the, in the mind, uh, whether it's a spirit that's coming through people's minds and moving the thing, I can't tell you. All I'm saying is that I know full well that they're moving, you know, that the nervous energy, if you like, from the brain is causing these things to move and it can be anything. So I think you're on the right track, Matthew, and, and I think you should be making your own kit. <laughs> Yes, and then what people will say from a more perhaps spiritual interpretation or a psycho-spiritual interpretation is that you're putting something of yourself into, say, the cards that you're making. Yes. I, I can just see it very much purely from a psychological perspective that 
that you're, you're essentially giving yourself a set of images, things that mean something to you and something you can read meaning into when they come up in a reading. Because um, I find at the moment I'm either, I'll try and allow myself to work intuitively, which does go against my, my natural kind of rational way of wanting to say, what's this card supposed to mean? And I want to go to the book and say, what's this card's official meaning? And that way of thinking is very different from going intuitively. You know, what, what does this, this card say to you? It's very hard when you're not used to thinking like that. So I think it's trying a range of tools to see, is they, are they all tapping into the same underlying phenomenon where it's trying to just encourage a certain way of thinking? Yeah. So that's what we're trying to tap into now. Matthew, Matthew re- you, you say you've been sort of doing, obviously doing tarot cards and that sort of Have you been giving readings to, to Joe Public, to, to, to people? Yes, well, first of all, when we first started the project, kind of part of the kind of official start of the project really was when I left uh, my academic post at Liverpool Hope. And the week after I left, I straight in the deep end and I gave readings at a psychic fair for nothing, for free. Yes. Um, And that was really was, at that point, I didn't know anything about kind of intuitive interpretations of the cards. I had done my best to learn the basic meanings of each of the cards and when I arrived at the psychic fair, I had um, the person, very helpful uh, psychic at the table next to me, who said, "Yo, it's great that you've learned the meanings. Now forget those. Now go with your, you know, intuitively. It's a lot. I've spent all this time trying to learn these meanings. And I've, I've learned a lot during that day just how you try to, you know, the, the, the weird thing is that normally, you, before doing anything like that, you'll never sat opposite a complete stranger, directly opposite them, and often looking into their eyes and yeah. try to say things about them, whether you're making it up or whether you're saying what cards are supposed to be you or supposed to being psychic, but trying to say something specific and meaningful about their lives. Yeah. It just goes against every other aspect of you know, social psychology, the way in which you it's normally cool. interact with people. And, and how so do I learn a lot off? from just that side. Well, I mean, people seem to rate my readings as good as the other readings they were getting from other people. Really? There. And one thing I was learning is people saying, you've got, you've got to go with your gut. If, you know, they often, another saying that, that psychics and mediums and people who attend the development circles that I go to will talk about will say, um, you give what you get. So whatever comes into your head, you've got to say it. Yes. Even if it sounds bizarre, even if it sounds meaningless, Correct. even if you think it sounds, you know, crazy, you've got to say it. And I think it makes sense for a lot of reasons. Often they will say, because it might be right. And even psychologically, even if it's wrong, you've got to get it out of your head. Otherwise, you'll keep thinking about it. And you need to say it so you can forget about it, and maybe something else will sort of take its place. Yes. So I'm just learning a lot, even if it's just about the psychology of how you actually do this kind of stuff. And occasionally I say things which do seem to ring true. People say that's spot on. You know, again, some of the readings we've just done on, on the Facebook page, we can look back and see what's because we just type them in there. And I quite like doing it there because you don't have the person in front of you. They are often people you have no idea at all. So you can feel a little bit more or a little bit less self-conscious and more comfortable just saying what's in your head. Whereas when you do have somebody sat in front of you, you kind of sit and question what it is you want to say. You think you're going to be judged straight away. So it's quite nice separating that a little bit. And when I'm trying to, to actually learn and develop, then that's something I need to do. It's become more and more comfortable with just saying whatever comes into my head. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's, that's quite... And, and what about... I mean, obviously, as we all know, there's a big difference between psychic and medium. Um, have you... I mean, here's a question for you. Have you ever seen a ghost? I have ever said not that I've been aware of. No, so definitely not. I've never had any experience where, especially in a ghosty type nature, where I thought I've seen something which I can't explain. 
seen, heard, seen, sense, felt, seen, felt, heard, and, um, some of it. I, I can't, I wish, you know, classically when I was always asked these questions, when I was quite clearly in the sceptic camp, yes. you'd almost quickly say, no, 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 not at all. No, nothing that I can't explain, because that's the kind of view you're, you're trying to maintain. Now I'm, I'm willing myself, to, I must have had some, but I can't, I don't. And then I, I wish that maybe I, if I haven't had experiences like that, does that mean I can't develop, you know, no, to learn this stuff? Because often when you read biographies of psychics and mediums, they'll say, oh, I was a child, yeah. I should see all spirit around me, and I talked to these people, and it turned out there were people who died down the road, and so on and so forth, experience after experience. And I don't feel as though I have had any, if, you know, Nothing as a child. Did you have an imaginary friend as a child? No, no. Yeah, <laughs> I nothing. couldn't even try to imagine imaginary friends. They wouldn't even talk to me. No, um, grandma or grandpa never appeared at the foot of the bed or <laughs> No, again I have no experience. I mean Richard, did, did you then did you you've obviously recently you feel as though you've had experiences which might be counted as ghostly. Yeah, I definitely oh, did you, I mean every most people should know yeah, I mean I've seen seen a ghost, heard a ghost and travelled with a ghost. And as Ron knows only too well, been touched up by a ghost on the battlefield at Gettysburg. Yeah. Um, you should be so lucky. Absolutely right, um, and that, you you know how much a sceptic I am as well, Matthew. You know that that I was branded as, as more or less as the credible one on on, on the show, uh, and I go into the realities of it first, and and you know yeah things things, but that's it in the whole of my life. But I've been in so many haunted locations that that inevitably something is going to happen to you, uh, mm. I think. Uh, but I wouldn't even class myself as even slightly sensitive. No, never mind. A- anything else but i have taught myself to doubt uh, and, and so you've had any experiences which you might then describe as psychic as in these kind of impressions that sometimes people will say oh i just had the sense that somebody was in trouble whatever it might be and turned out that they were in trouble or anything like that have you had those kind of experiences I, 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 the longer you live with someone the more the more that happens and obviously julia and i god almighty we i mean we've we've now known each other for oh dear 40 yeah, I'm at 42 years, I think, something like that. And the number of times that I know, you know, I know what she's thinking, I know what she's going to say. Um, I, Do you think I, there's something psychic going on? Do you think that's just because you just know so much about it? Going on between our two minds, uh, the, the, with, with no contact whatsoever, because we're not actually in any way connected, other than, I suppose you could say, psychically, psychologically, call it what you will. Um uh, uh, yes, over and over and over and over again. You know, I, I the times I say, "Will you get off my wavelength?" Um, because I know that she's going to say something about something or what she's thinking. We both say it at the same time. Oh, I was about to ring you. Same old stuff. Mm. And and it's not. Yeah, you can, of course we can put it down to coincidence, but it's it's not. It happens over and over again. And the longer you live with someone, the more those things happen. And I'm sure there's m- thousands, millions of people out there. The people listening that, that would agree with me and say the same sort of thing. Um, oh, no, completely. And, and these are, yeah, as I know, these are very, very common experiences. And that's why the question is, you know, do they reflect something like telepathy or ESP or something else yeah. psychic going on? And that's why having that, that challenge of the kind of background to it is showing that this isn't just trying to just see playing around with this and doing it for just for the heck of it. It is saying, well, is this something one can develop ways of supposedly testing objectively? And, of course, my interest has always been in how you can study this kind of thing scientifically. So this still has that element to the project, yeah. Yeah. but it's, it's, it's addressing it from a very different perspective. I'm putting myself right in there and saying, okay, well, let's see if... And I'd love to have an experience. I'd love to be able to sit and saying, yes, you know, when, when I give readings, I'm hearing these voices or I'm, I, and the messages come to me. 
that's not what happens when I do it so far. It's simply just the same as if I sit down there and just, yeah. when you sit there for a while, ideas will come into your head. So the only different thing from normal is you actually say them rather than just let them pass. Yeah. You actually say something about it. And maybe in time, that will encourage more things. Who knows? So I'd love to find out more and more about, more and more about this stuff. Yeah, but I just need to let everyone out there listening that I was with you on a particular night in a, in a, uh, a very haunted uh, place in Liverpool, and I remember you squealing Rocks quite loudly. <laughs> really? Uh, I, I oh, might have listen, done. Don't let him kid you, Rob. I might have done. You it did. might have been a long time ago. You did it. Who knows? And it's, it's on repeats on Most Haunted for people to listen to. <laughs> but but it, I don't it, think it's anything particularly, you know, I, I'm not saying that I don't get scared like the next person. That's different. When yeah. you're, when it's very, you know, and again, I often find there's a lot of psychology going on when you're investigating haunted houses. You're going along to a place where people tell you yes. that this place is supposed to be haunted and this person or that person has died in this horrific circumstance. Now go into that dark room at three o'clock in the morning with a camera and see what it feels like. Well, you know, most people are going to be pretty kind of wary, nervous, and any slight bump or bang that goes on, it's going to make them jump. That's my, that's my excuse. And I'm oh, agree. No, that's absolutely right. Because again, we, um, you know, I can't actually remember what happened, but you know, I, it, I'm we're pretty sure that it was something uh, that could be explained. Most of it, oh, can't, I, I, yeah. you know, only too well. And also, but it's also, I think, because I remember we were listening for there was some slight tapping going on and you're listening for this slight tapping. And it's basically, it was an almighty bang. Right. And, and I might have, I might have held on to Yvette or Derek's arm and, and screamed like a girl. That may have happened. Absolutely That's, right. It's all a long time ago. <laughs> it's water <laughs> under the bridge, Richard. Leave it. <laughs> but again, it's all part and parcel of it. Let, let's be, no, another one. Here's one for you quickly. Before, um, I mean, would you class yourself as a psychologist or a parapsychologist? Um, well, I guess psychologist by training. My my degree was in psychology. Uh, my PhD was broadly within psychology. Um, but I then always, I think the reason I went to study psychology in the first place is because I was interested in parapsychology. Oh, really? Um, so, and even though I, I knew I wouldn't really cover that as part of an undergraduate degree. Mm. Um, and then I, after and then my, my PhD with Richard Wiseman, who will be known to many of the listeners, um, and as a well-known, you know, parapsychologist at the time, more generally a psychologist, and, uh, you know, very sceptical about a lot of the claims being made about you know, people who are interested in paranormal. Um, so it's really a psychologist by training, but with an interest in parapsychology. Okay. So I would, I would sort of say both of those something I would blame myself. Um, it's quite possible we might have a visitor. If you want to, do you want to speak to Freya? Before oh, good to oh, it's a bit, it's a bit Hello, off topic. Freya, how are you? Oh, Freya, are you going to come and say hello? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just. going to say hello? I just hello, had Freya. Hello. You had a peep for me. Yeah. Hold on a second. Hey. <laughs> This is now, Richard and Ron. Can you say hello, hello Richard? Um, say hello. Um, Freya, Freya, can you tell us what your daddy is? Um, what books do I read? He reads psychology. This so is there's, your, there's, there's your answer, Richard. I now, read now, psychology. Now, she's not three yet, is she, Matthew? She's not yet three. And you know I read psychology. That. What a clever girl. Wanna say hello to Ron? Yeah. Say hello, Ron. Hello. Hello, Fia. How are you? Say so I'm fine. I'm fine. Are you, are you gonna go to bed now? Yeah. 
You just have to talk. Uh, Actually talking. I'll be finishing a bit. Okay, say night night. Night night. There she goes. Wow, how's about that? Right on, so right on cue. Um, so she, the answer there is that I am a psychologist because I read psychology books. Yes, as your daughter says. Yes. Yeah, so you know we were talking. Says. How long have we got, Ron? Well, uh, let me see. We are running down very shortly. But, uh, you know, there were a lot of people that actually were looking to get readings from you, Matthew. So we may end up doing that show. Yeah, and also but, in the meantime, please get people to find Million Dollar Psychic on Facebook. They can po- they can get readings on there. And also there's a blog, milliondollarpsychic.com, which also links to the Facebook page and a couple of things on YouTube as well. So if people want to follow the project, then get on there. And whenever you want to, I'm here. You can, we can talk again on, on the show. Okay, I know we have about two minutes left. So, uh, Richard, I also uh, been getting some emails. I want to know about those ghost stories that people are submitting. And I thought that we would do a complete show, maybe uh, maybe towards Halloween, and just uh, read all these these ghost stories, or have people call them and read them, and uh, then we'll give out some prizes for the best ones. Yep, that sounds absolutely fantastic. We'd love to do that, really would. And funnily enough, inspired by what, what we talked about doing that, I'm actually um, going to start doing a series of um, ghost stories with Richard Felix uh, in haunted pubs around England uh, over the Christmas period. You know, start sitting in front of a, a big log fire in a haunted pub and um, doing ghost stories. So I may well be picking some of the stories that we get on the show. That's great. That's absolutely great. And you're doing similar, are you not, in a, in a, in a, um, um, a show or a theatre somewhere? Well, we have a lot of things that we're working on right now. But uh, anyways, we're almost done, so... Uh... We do want to mention once again Karen O'Keefe's uh, workshop at the Circles of Wisdom tonight in Andover, uh, Paranormal CSI. I will be taking it. I want to see and learn all about this. This is really, really cool. I'm psyched about it. And uh, I saw the printouts for it, so it looks really cool. I'll let you know how that works out too, Richard. Yeah, let us know next week what, how it went. I'll be really looking forward to that. Yep. Give my best regards to Karen. Yep, and next week, uh, Karen and I will be at the uh, Haunted Hoot Mansion, and I thought Adams as well, and uh, we'll be doing a ghost hunt there, and tickets are still available if you go to the website, N-E, the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com. Uh, you can honor them as well. So there you go. Sounds like so it's I guess it's down. time to wrap it up. We want to thank Dr. Matthew Smith. Uh as interesting as always, uh, we definitely have to work out some kind of a, a regular feature uh, with this and, and tarot readings or something, some type of readings, uh, and uh, I think it's, it'll be interesting. I'll be happy to do whatever you'd like me to do. As long as it gives me a chance to develop and work on my psychic abilities, I'll be there. So it's time to uh, say goodnight and God bless to everyone. Cheers, Matthew. Thanks for Thank coming you. on. Cheers, Cheers goodnight. Bye. Bye, everybody. See you next week. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Something like that. Goalies to ghosties. Don't look at-